The information contained on the Real Health Podcast and the resources mentioned are for educational purposes only. They are not intended as and shall not be understood or construed as medical or health advice. The information contained on this podcast is not a substitute for medical or health advice from a professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. Information provided by hosts and guests on the Real Health Podcast or the use of any products or services mentioned does not create a practitioner-patient relationship between you and any persons affiliated with this podcast. This is the Real Health Podcast brought to you by Reardon Clinic. Our mission is to bring you the latest information and top experts in functional and integrative medicine to help you make informed decisions on your path to real health. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of the Real Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Ron Huntinghock. I'm the Chief Medical Officer here at the Reardon Clinic. And we have as our guest today, Dr. Susan Brown, who is the Director of the Center for Better Bones and has been spending over 30 years looking at the impact of diet on the quality of your bone health. Now you're not, first of all, Susan, welcome to the Real Health Podcast. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So I'm excited when someone has devoted so much of their life, you know, you've got a great depth of knowledge and, and you're especially keyed into the importance of balancing pH, especially getting away from excessive acids and more to an alkaline type diet for better bones. And so I was going to just ask you to kind of give a little bit of a foundation to our listeners as to why this makes a big difference in terms of their healthy bones. Well, you know, it's it's very interesting. My first career was actually, I'm an anthropologist as well as a nutritionist. And I began looking around the world at bone health when my grandmother fractured a hip at 101 years old. 101 years old, she was living alone, fell in a bathtub. I always wonder what were we thinking of? But hmm. And she, then I realized she had both osteoporosis and rickets. Um, and she, and I thought, how long would she have lived if she didn't have these problems? And then a few years later, I realized I was told I had osteopenia. So I said, wow, I want to really get serious about this. I started looking around the world and realized there were many cultures where people had much less, 10 times less, 20 times less fracture rates than we do. So I started thinking, what's the difference between these cultures? And then I got really deeply into the question of lifestyle, but more particularly nutrients, more particularly nutrient intake, more particularly minerals. And then we got into the question of pH balance. When you start looking at the diets through history and through evolution, you look at the basic principles. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the things I've learned is that we've become very depleted in minerals. I remember uh, being on my grandma's farm when I was probably five or six years old and she, it was out in the country and she turned on the, it was, they did have an electric pump, but when I drank the water, I thought, what's, what's with this water? It just didn't yeah. taste the same. And yeah. it was very rich in minerals. And now we right. take a lot of the minerals out, especially magnesium. We're very magnesium right. deficient, but so go ahead. I didn't mean to but interrupt you, but I think the, the mineral story is huge in terms no. of. And I think what, I think we, we, we believe that bone health is related to certainly mineral depletion, 
which is extremely important and increasing everyday magnesium has been well overlooked in my in our mind it's more important than calcium to bone health and it's certainly been overlooked in the vast majority of people do not consume enough and also it's related to antioxidant deficit you know we we don't realize that we constantly are putting a big oxidative burden on the body and that affects the osteoblast. So we find enriching the antioxidants is extremely important. And then when you look cross-culturally, you see that these cultures, well, if you think of it, few million years of human evolution, we just ate natural whole foods. You know, we right. ate everything that we could possibly digest, whether it was an insect or a bark or, and these are all very nutrient rich. And so we've come from a, We've come from a very nutrient-rich and a mineral-rich diet. Like anthropologists estimate that our, our mineral intake, like take magnesium, for example, was two or three times higher than it is today. Yeah. And, and today, like in, in New York where I live and actually in the whole country, one out of three people do not even have one whole fresh fruit or one whole vegetable a day. So we've come from eating naturally all whole fresh foods to eating maybe one every other day. I mean, it's like a dramatic change in the body. Our genetics don't change that quickly. Our genetics are the same genetics of 10,000 years ago, 20,000 years ago, which require a lot of minerals to maintain pH balance. And pH balance is the most critical variable in the human body. I mean, you can live a while if your blood pressure is not right. You can live a while if your blood sugar is not right. But if your pH isn't right, you die very quickly. And so the body sacrifices minerals from bone. And what you might not know is it also sacrifices muscle. Uh, muscle is also broken down to get out. Osteopenia and sarcopenia. Sarcopenia. Exactly. So the body is always working to adapt to this relatively new diet, particularly the last hundred years. The soils have become very depleted. Our nutrient intake is much worse with all this processed food and artificial food and all these treatments to the soil, which damage the nutrient content. So we're, we're, like, um, we're like running on our reserves and our reserves are running out. Yeah. So how would people know whether or not they were eating an acid food versus an alkaline food? Just let's get to some real simple basics. Yeah, some real simple things are... You look at the high mineral foods, but basically the most all the vegetables. In fact, my book, this acid alkaline food guide is really all about which foods, tables of foods, which foods alkalize, which foods acidify and various different ways of calculating that. The Germans have figured out a one way. Some people in this country have figured out another way, but it's basically about the mineral content as opposed to the the fruits vegetables, nuts, and seeds as a whole, all alkalize the body. They all help pro provide these buffering mineral compounds, whereas the protein, all protein is acid forming. Now we need protein, but protein is acid forming. But more important, all of our, uh, these highly processed foods, they're very, uh, sugars, caffeine, alcohol, all this stuff is very acid forming, much less the grains, all the refined grains. So the bulk of our diet is, is acid forming. In fact, the average person produces about 50 or 100 milliequivalents of excess acid a day. And the body has, has to pull out of bone and muscle to, re to buffer that unless we take uh, the nutrients. Right. Right. So our whole 
message to patients about diet. You know, people can get caught up in the controversies of diet, but I think yeah. pretty much everyone agrees if you eat real foods, yeah, that's foods, a good start. <laughs> colorful foods, yeah, 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 uh, lots of vegetables. I mean, the, right. uh, and and then be careful about overdoing the meats. Mm-hmm. And uh, right. stay away from refined packaged foods for n- right. not only in terms of the the mineral content, but they've got all the 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 wrong oils, the uh, the oxidized right, exactly. vegetable oils, and so and see if the oils that are in nuts, those are preserved; they're not oxidized, and so those are you can get good vegetable oils out of whole foods. So, so this is the message we've had. But what you're saying that because in the West, the Western diet, we've gotten away from these types of foods. Now, this is one of the reasons we're suffering so much from osteopenia and osteoporosis. That's really, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. That we have, we've taken on a very low mineral diet. And some people, you don't even know it because you think, oh, well, this, this, this potato has got so much zinc. This, this bean has got so much potassium or magnesium, but the depletion of the soils had led, even if you're eating the food, you can't be sure you're getting the nutrients. You have to be really, you have to be really try to get high quality organic foods. Yeah. Okay. Um, So do you, do you, do you uh, talk very much in terms of exercise or in terms of, uh, are there other factors besides diet that you've seen to be uh, additive to the, the alkaline diet? Sure, sure. We at the Center for Better Bones, we've developed a six-step program for bone health, and we really emphasize that there's many key nutrients, like 20 key bone nutrients. So we always have people, if people want to know those 20 key nutrients, they just go to betterbones.com. Look at the big picture on bone health. So nutrition is really important. The pH balance, which is essentially a measure of mineral reserve. We actually have developed a little kit that people can measure their first morning urine, which helps them see if they are really in the S, if they have too high of an acid load or not. And that's really helpful. And then, of course, a next step is is exercise. And it's quite simple. If you build muscle, you build bone. The bone and muscle are really one single unit. We lose them together. We gain them together. So that's a gigantic problem with sarcopenia and the loss of muscle. And as you know, I mean, our lifestyle, we're very sedentary, especially the upper body. You know, we might work the lower body, but not the upper body so much. The most interesting work is from the Australian Bone Clinic, Dr. Belinda Beck, who has women, even 60, 70, building substantial new bone with strength training. And that's it. And they're starting some of these programs in the U.S., strength training, you can build bone. Yeah, strong women, strong bones. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So exercise is really important. You have to have good digestion. You know, if you're not digesting the things, that's really important. But the most interesting thing we've discovered is that stress has a big impact on uh, bone. Wow. And when, and even having worrisome thoughts, they found even have a thought of worrying about eating this food is going to cause weight gain, for example, that will cause you to metabol- to actually have an increase in bone breakdown. Cortisol is very, yeah. in our thoughts, uh, one thought we can produce a burst of cortisol and a burst of stress hormones that directly damage bone. And even more than that, you'll find this interesting, doctor, that they've discovered at Columbia University, when we have a stress, when we have a fear response, the first organ to respond to fear is bone. And what it does, it gives up 
its osteocalcin, this bone building protein, to put it into general circulation to quiet down the parasympathetic nervous system so you can just go fight or flight full time. Mm. It's very striking how bone sacrifices itself. And I bet if you ask your clients, so many people ask me, could stress be affecting my bone? It's very clear it does. There's a lot more to this conversation and it's coming up right after a quick break. Today's podcast is brought to you by Live On Labs, makers of liposomal vitamins and supplements. Live On uses a liposomal encapsulation technology to protect nutrients from destruction in the digestive system. This allows for more efficient delivery of essential vitamins and nutrients. Choose from various supplements that support health and well-being, such as lipospheric vitamin C, magnesium, glutathione, and more. To learn more, visit liveonlabs, that's L-I-V-O-N labs.com. Yeah, and a lot of people are now spending so much time indoors. We're not getting yes. the sunshine, we're not getting the vitamin D, but, but even beyond the sunshine and vitamin D, there's something about maybe going outside and walking in the grass barefoot as a yes, way to yes. reduce your stress and, or go for a walk, breathe the fresh air. Uh, all these things are things that people are not doing because we're watching too many screens and we're, yeah. we're afraid to go outdoors and we just need to get out again. Kids are not playing outdoors like they used to. Yeah, that is, for kids, it's a dramatic thing because we could solve this whole problem if we, if you made the kids bone density even 10% stronger during adolescence, when you put down 50% of your bone mass, they would present half the fractures because people prevent half the elderly fractures because when you got to be old, you'd have enough reserve that you could use up. And it's truly a striking thing. We forget we forget that we're part of nature, you know, and we have to be out in nature. And anybody who experiments will probably say, I feel better. I feel better when I go out and do this walk. I feel better if I go to the forest. I feel better if I spend time in the in the fresh air. So, yeah. Do you think the hormone deficiencies that women are experiencing after menopause, is that related to the diet or is that just it? Because, I mean, w- women have been going into menopause forever, yeah. but they haven't always had the same level of osteoporosis. <clears throat> Exactly, exactly. One of the first things, my first book was called Better Bones, Better Body. And I really looked cross culturally and showed many cultures that they didn't even have menopausal symptoms. You Uh, know, they they just made that transition smoothly. We are we are out of balance. Many women have very significant menopausal symptoms. And the more hot flashes you have, the more likely is the, the bone loss is severe. That seems to be correlated. It has to do with the endocrine imbalance. And so there's many different ways of dealing with that. We at the Center for Better Bones, we prefer to enhance the natural function rather than replace them. So we when at all possible. But yeah, I mean, the diets, we've strayed from the natural order. We gotta, we gotta get back there a little. And a lot of people are getting their bone density measured and they go to the doctor. But the tendency is to here's your here's your magic pill, mm-hmm. which unfortunately rewards not changing your lifestyle. We'll just fix this by doing something that's going to trick the bone into not uh, deteriorating as fast, but it doesn't really replace all the things that you're mentioning here that we need to do to take better care of our bones and grow our bones uh, on on an ongoing basis. Yes, and you know, 
our whole campaign is Better Bones, Better Body. We use bone health concern as a portal to build overall health. You mm. can't separate the bones from the muscle, from the kidney, from the liver. It's all one unit. And so if you do something that's good for the bone, but it's going to cause cancer, that's not the right direction. Or you do something for bone that's going to damage your digestion. We, tr we work with people who want to maximize all of their health and try to use an interest in bone as an opportunity to say, hey, a window of opportunity. Say, I'm going to I'm going to take a big, broad picture of my health and try to improve it. Yeah, the drugs and the drugs don't work that well. I mean, you look at this, you got to treat 20, 50 people to prevent one fracture for three years with very expensive drugs. So you'd like to get in a position where you didn't have to do that. So we, we have to start young and think about how we're going to take care of ourselves and stay active and eat better and get sunshine and do all these things. So, but there, but it's all pretty, pretty logical. If people would yes, think about exactly. it, it's not like this is uh, some mysterious thing that we're, we're uh, talking about, but what you've done in your career is you've provided the evidence that if people do right. make the right choices, and I like your notion of just having pe people do get a little pH paper and check uh -huh. their pH in the morning, because that can give you a, an indication. You know, Dr. Reardon was a big on measuring things. If you measure things, then mm. you know if you're off track and you can make changes in your navigation so that you can, right. can get back to your goal of where you want to be. And so by doing that simple little test each morning, you, you'd, you'd be able to tell whether or not you're doing a good job of getting your diet in good shape. And we have a whole pH test kit at betterbones.com, which has lists the diet and how to do the diet and how to test. It has the book. It has the book, the, the alkaline diet starter kit. But, you know, doctor, your work at your clinic is extremely important because we must measure every serious case of bone loss has a reason. Yeah. And so you want to figure out what's going on. Is it vitamin D deficiency? Is it loss of calcium in the urine? Is it high cortisol? Is it low DHEA? Is it parathyroid? So it's very important. In fact, we've listed the most important test that a person should really, if, if the doctor says this is such a serious thing, you should take a drug. Then you say, hey, doc, if it's that serious, let's figure, can we uncover any of the causes for it? So on betterbones.com, we have this medical osteoporosis workup. And people can look at that list and say, have I had these tests? Because it's extremely important to uncover the causes. Many times there's hidden causes of bone weakening that can are standard tests that should be done. But the docs are so busy, they just say, take a drug, you know, and the, the people, the person has to take responsibility and say, I want these tests. I want to know, can you help me find a cause to this? Well, what Dr. Reardon found is that if you measure something and you find a deficiency, people re will respond to information. Yeah. If you just say, yeah. get out there and get some exercise, they'll say, okay, I yeah. will, but then they don't. But if yeah, you've yeah. done this kind of a workup, which we do something similar to this, but I'm going to be sure and take a look at it. Uh, if if we can identify specific things that can be corrected and and clearly show this to the patient, they'll yeah. go for it because information is motivation. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would love to learn more about your I've seen that you have offerings. We're from test offerings. We're from New York and it's really hard for people to self order tests. But I would like to know more about your service because my clients really understand the value of testing and it's it's central to what we do. 
and I see people all over the world so they could take advantage of your of your services. Well, you know, the this is the Reardon Clinic, but Dr. Reardon, when he first started it, it was the Center for the Improvement of Human Functioning. And the whole thing was yeah. to measure, measure, measure. Uh, yeah. Because again, without measurements, you're just shooting in the dark. Right, right, right. And, and, and plus right. you also don't, you know, uh, one of the neatest things is to have people come back in a year and remeasure some of these things yes, exactly. and to see that they've actually made a difference because yes, exactly. a lot of times you don't see the growth of your bones. You don't feel it. <laughs> yes, that's right. It's that's a right. slow thing. Right. So anyway, well, I'm very, I'm very pleased with what you're doing and I'm definitely wanting to get your book and, uh, mm -hmm. Share it with people, and and I'm going to look into getting a, some of your kits and see if we can uh, use that with patients. Yeah, as to well. see how it works with people, and I want to look into your to your testing. That, like I say, in New York, it's tough, but to look at for the the public as a whole to help them understand another source where they can get some of this basic testing because it's it's very important. We we're I myself had many nutrient deficits when I went to study. Uh, some friends who taught me about, you know, when I was just an anthropologist and, and I was surprised at my own nutrient deficiencies and what a big difference that made. I mean, I was laboring under uh, anemia and I didn't even recognize it, for example. And so um, it's like a very good thing to start paying attention. We're, we humans are so darn adaptable. We adapt yes. to yeah. pathology and we don't exactly. realize that we're sick or that we have bad bones. And so without yeah. some kind of measurement, uh, right. motivation is lacking for most people. So, well, yes, Dr. Susan yes. Brown, I'm so pleased that you were on our program and I, and I want to thank you for the great work that you've been doing all these years. And, and, uh, hopefully we can, we can work together and, uh, get the, yes. get the word out that women and men alike can do simple things to make for strong bones. And our mission is really to alter the way we people think about bone health and the way people are treated on bone health. We must expand that horizon and have a more broad, holistic, whole body approach to bone health. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much and it's, wishing you good health in the future. It's my pleasure. Nice talking with you. Good you, luck Susan. to everyone. Bye-bye. Uh -huh. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Real Health Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. You can also find all of the episodes and show notes over at realhealthpodcast.org. Also, be sure to visit reardonclinic.org where you will find hundreds of videos and articles to help you create your own version of real health.